Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. You're watching Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uremchuk. Your one-stop shop for all things Oilers. You know, just another win for the Edmonton Oilers. It's really no big deal anymore. Let's get into it with the lead. Welcome into Oilers Nation every day, live from the Sports Closet studio. Check them out online at sportscloset.ca. Oilers Nation every day, streaming live on the Oilers Nation YouTube. And we have a very, 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 very busy show today. Yes, the Oilers have won yet another hockey game. Yes, they can't be stopped. Stuart Skinner is incredible. We're going to break it all down a little bit later on in the show. We got a short for giant question. All of that usual stuff that we do the day after an Oilers victory. But Obviously, there has been some significant news in the hockey world over the last 12 to 15 hours, and we wanted to start with that. So let's head immediately out to the Star Mechanical guest line for Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company. You can find out more about what makes them Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company by visiting them online at starmechanical.ca. Let's bring in our daily face-off insider, Frank Saravalli, right off the jump today. Frank, thank you for your time, and let's dig into this. I mean, the news today, people can read about it on dailyfaceoff.com. Five members of that 2018 Hockey Canada World Junior team have been ordered by London, Ontario to police to surrender to face charges of sexual assault. The five players have not yet been charged. They've also not yet been identified. So I guess let me just throw to you with a, what are we expecting to be the next piece of news with all this? Well, that's actually according to a report from the Globe and Mail. The London Police Service has not commented. I've reached back out to them today. They said they'll provide a comment or they'll provide information and update when there is one. So the next step in the process is we expect at some point over the next number of days or hours for these five players to present themselves to London police headquarters and to face charges and charges will be laid or expected to be laid for sexual assault stemming back to a June 2018 gala that was held by Hockey Canada in London, Ontario. And um, look, this story has been well reported over the last number of years, but the backstory to it is pretty simple. 
An alleged sexual assault occurred uh, on in June 2018. It was reported to the authorities. The London police investigated, did not bring any charges in 2019. Then there was a lawsuit filed in April of 2022 by the alleged victim. And that was quickly and quietly settled by Hockey Canada for millions of dollars, which was then later reported and revealed by TSN. And since then, Hockey Canada has been embroiled in controversy. It's resulted in a complete house cleaning of their board and their leadership team. Many sponsors have left, some permanently. And since then, the NHL and the London police have opened up investigations. Hockey Canada did their own independent investigation with a third-party law firm. And now all of that is sort of coming to a head with five players expected to be charged. So from an NHL perspective here, I know we had in this story up at dailyfaceoff.com that sources told Daily Faceoff the league's investigation into the incident and any subsequent punishment would not proceed until after London police finished their investigation. But it is fair to say the league is going to eventually hand down some sort of punishment to the players that are involved. Yeah, that's expected to happen. But First, there needs to be actual charges, and I'm not entirely certain whether the league wants to see them being proven, um, you know, in a court of law or not. And so that's certainly um, at some point the league will have comment. The NHL Players Association is expected to have comment, but we're all waiting for this to kind of become official from the London police service. And to this point, there's been lots of people, Tyler, that have been trying to connect some dots here to some players that have taken leaves of absence. I think some of those are, are well-founded, but not necessarily all of them. So I think it's kind of important to take a step back before you attempt to paint someone as guilty uh, to make sure that, um, you know, first off, they're even part of the group that's being charged. Yeah, so I, I think the way I put it on Daily Faceoff Live today is like going on a leave of absence is in no way an admission of guilt of any kind. And it's probably, again, best to just wait until things get cleared up by London police. Uh, Frank, the other thing that happened this morning, it, the NHL, obviously knowing this was coming, just slides out that little, oh, hey, Utah kind of wants a team. Who wants to talk about this? And listen, nobody is starting their shows with the Utah thing. And it's honestly kind of, embarrassing that the NHL thought that that little tactic would work. It's really disgusting. Like I can't believe that after 18 months of investigating and I contacted people at the league's head office on Tuesday night, as sort of all this was beginning to come out and Carter Hart takes his leave of absence. The league knew and acknowledged then that, that something was coming and didn't say what. So, so they knew this was on track so that's the first part. The second part is then to kind of coordinate behind the scenes with Ryan Smith, the prospective owner of an NHL team and current Utah Jazz owner who has been really vocal the last couple of years about wanting to have an NHL team. No one just does anything willy-nilly as part of a process to get a team. If you want to get one, you have to get in line and follow the NHL's rules. They tell you exactly what to do and how to handle it. And anyone who steps out beyond that, if the Ryan Smith group were to just issue a press release today out of the clear blue sky asking for the NHL to initiate a proper expansion process, well, that wouldn't help them. That would hurt them. The league would be pissed. Unless, of course, as you said, 
it perfectly throws some red meat for some people in the public to begin focusing on something else instead of the fact that five current and potentially including former NHL players are going to be served charges for sexual assault. So um, it has really been a disappointing day from that perspective for a league that knew it was coming to act in this manner. So I guess putting the tactic to the side, how legitimate are these rumors? Is this really nothing more than a botched distraction by the NHL? Or is there something legit to the idea of Utah getting an NHL team? No, this is the real deal. And I've been saying for months that the Arizona Coyotes are living on borrowed time. It's the clock is ticking and some in NHL circles believe that the Coyotes were given by the NHL until January 31st to uh, come up with a concrete plan that includes dates in which shovels and steel will be in the ground. And to this point, we have no knowledge of that happening. And by the way, Utah made it quite clear in their statement today that they are ready now to take on an NHL team in short order. And that just makes them the very likely relocation uh, destination for an Arizona Coyotes team that cannot possibly continue playing in a 4,500-seat arena in the desert. So uh, it is real. Uh, A lot of people, depending on who you talk to, believe that the Arizona Coyotes are 99% sure to not be playing there next season and be playing in Salt Lake City. It's just that all of this kind of happening today, it really kind of leaves you with a nasty feeling that Ryan Smith and you know the his potential ownership group is just a pawn for the NHL. Yeah, you definitely get that feeling. So the Utah stuff legit, but maybe not so much expansion, maybe more relocation. And on the front of the five players, we're waiting for more information. Frank, I know you are incredibly busy today, so I appreciate you hopping in and breaking this down for us. No problem. Yeah, hang in there. It's been a crazy day. It has been. There's Frank Saravalli, our daily face-off insider on the Star Mechanical guest line, starmechanical.ca to find out more about Eminence, number one plumbing and heating company. They've been servicing the area for more than 20 years. And I mean, come on, you guys in the chat. I mean, some of you guys have already gotten the boot, but we can be a little bit about this, a little bit better about this. Um, We did not have time to ask Frank about Tate McRae being the headline act of the All-Star Game either. So my apologies for not getting that one worked in. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free 
or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Um, and I know you guys are itching to hear from my boy, Liam. So let's bring him into the show now. Liam, I, I kept you off to the side a little bit while I tackled all of that with Frank. Uh, but what do you think of this Utah idea? The idea of it is cool, I think. I think uh, it's a city that would be welcome at, uh, an NHL team. Our friend our friend Rusty, I'm sure, would be very happy about that one. I guess it's not a city, it's a state, isn't it? But either way, I think it'll be interesting. I think the Arizona angle of it all is something that maybe hasn't been considered by a lot of people. And just the thought of a 33rd team being an expansion team. And in that regard, I... I don't think the NHL is in a state to have another expansion team. No, like they can't afford to allow every other team to lose one more player and the cap hasn't moved in years. So I think the only logical thing for it to be is, is relocation. And if that's Arizona, then Utah is getting a team that is coming around. There's a lot of good prospects, Logan Cooley, Dylan Gunther, many people in Edmonton would be familiar with Clayton Keller, obviously a star in his own right already in the NHL. So yeah, I think it would be. I think it would be a good move. And it wasn't it Frank who a, month, a few months ago was saying, if Arizona was to leave, then there's a possibility of expansion back into Arizona a few years from now, right? Which I think would be a cool little experiment to go through. Yeah, um, I had someone today in the DFO chat was like, "What if instead of just moving them, what if you dispersed the Coyotes throughout the league and then gave Utah an expansion?" team and like did it that way it's like that seems overly complicated although it would be a lot of fun i'm fully recognizing that as well take i mean you would imagine they would have some sort of formula of like how successful you've been over the last three years determines the order so Mm -hmm. the oilers would probably be picking near the end and would get like some no-namer from the bottom of the coyotes roster like it would be weird as Um, long as it's not liam o'brien you don't like it no, he um, sucks. Either way, go on. <laughs> anyway, the, the Utah thing very clearly meant to be a cover to some extent for the Hockey Canada stuff. I don't think we really need to get into a big discussion about the Hockey Canada stuff. Like, I, I don't want to be the one to sit here and start directly connecting guys and then have it come out that it's false or that they weren't. Like, do I think there's a chance maybe one of these guys that's taking a leave actually doesn't have anything to do with it? I mean, who knows, man? Like we just, we don't have enough answers for me to sit here and what, like have a take on it or anything. And listen, a lot of you guys were throwing some of these players into trade proposals over the last little bit. And Liam, you and I kind of said, you don't touch any of them with a 1000 foot pole until you know what's going on with this investigation. And I think that just remains true. And I wouldn't be surprised if for some of these guys, they don't play in the league again this year. Yeah. Like the, the thing about this situation is I think everything, like I don't think Frank could have gave us anything new, right? Like everything that we know is out there on Twitter or wherever you read your news already, right? There's, there's nothing new that comes out. I'm, I don't even know how long this process is going to take. And I, I just hope there's some justice for the, for the woman that was a part of yep. it all, right? And uh, that she can, I don't know, come out on the other side in a better way for it all. So hopefully the justice system can do the right thing. And, uh, Get the right people. Yeah, this is uh, obviously going to be a pretty big story. Dailyfaceoff.com is your spot to uh, keep it locked whenever something breaks. As far as the idea of expansion, I think it's very easy. Like, Aaron, do we have the uh, 
the quote from the league or whatever, um, or not from the league from, yeah. Okay. So this one from the league uh, where it says, you know, they're basically impressed by Ryan Smith and, and the commitment to the community, passion, vision, not as a hockey market, but as an entertainment destination, blah, 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 blah. Okay, cool. The one that Ryan Smith himself put out where he said, like, we're ready to take on a team in short order. That right there is the dead giveaway to me. They're not talking expansion. It is so easy for us to all sit here and you guys, Mulek saying it, everyone saying it in the chat. Expansion makes zero sense. 33 teams, that is an incredibly odd number. It's very hard to have equal divisions and an equal schedule when it comes to this thing. This is very clearly going to be a relocation play. And Utah now has come out and said, we want to be front of the line for it. And like Frank said, if the Coyotes don't get their shit figured out, this is a very simple decision for the league. They have an owner with a building who is ready to go, and they have a team that's floundering. Expansion makes zero, zero sense. So if I'm reading this correctly, Ryan Smith, while also the owner of the Utah Jazz, is also the owner of Real Salt Lake City, who is the MLS franchise in uh, in Utah. And I think he may have gone through a relocation before in the National Women's Soccer League when Kansas City relocated to Utah. So a more of a mini school kind of thing. But he's like familiar with how this process all goes and how to establish a franchise within that city. All right. You guys all want us to talk about the Oilers. And you know what? The show, it, it is called Oilers Nation every day. So maybe we should get into that hockey game last night, Liam. 14 consecutive wins for the Oilers. My favorite stat that's come out of this is that Sam Gagne is the first player in NHL <laughs> history to be a part of two 14-game winning streaks in his career. He was with the Blue Jackets back in 16-17 when they did it. And now he's obviously with the Oilers as they continue there. Not even a heater, historic heater is the new word you need to throw in front of that thing. It's uh, last night was something, and it was a night again similar to a handful over the last two weeks here for this team, where it's like, boy, they didn't look good for the bulk of that hockey game. And then they yeah. find a way at some point to just go pedal to the floor and cruise away and get the two points. But last night, far from the most impressive win during the course of this streak, but I still give them full credit for, as I tweeted last night, finding a way. Yeah, they definitely found a way, but it didn't look like there was any way after 40 minutes because they were just dull. A lot. I don't even know if lack of effort is a is a good way to put it. I just they weren't winning any battles, and I guess you got to give credit to Columbus. Very good with their sticks last night. Aggressive all over the ice. You could see a lot of the young guys were playing with some confidence. Like you look at the play that. Um, Kent Johnson made on the goal. Like I know it's a simple pass, but I think some guys who maybe have struggled throughout the season would just shoot that, but he still found the ability to find his teammate and score. And then also the um, Adam Fantilli tried to go through, through the legs as well on Stuart Skinner. So Columbus is going to be actually a pretty exciting team in a couple of years, but from an Oilers perspective, this should, game should have been over after 40 minutes if they just played the way they wanted to play and the way they showed in the third period. And it's become a bit of a trend now, hasn't it, where they kind of get into these games where it's like, okay, now we'll show up and play. And they're just kind of lucky Stuart Skinner is in the form that he is at the moment. Uh, Mainlander Tim had an interesting note on the game. According to Money Puck, it's only the third time they were below 50% on the deserve to win o meter Chicago and San Jose 
being <laughs> the other two. Mulek had a really good stat that in the final 10 minutes of a game, the Oilers have not given up like more than three shots in that span over the course of the winning streak. Like, again, they have been a very good third period team. That's a trait that they kind of had dating back to last year and then weirdly lost for a little bit this year. But last night was another good example of it. It's like, okay, it seemed like this team can sit there and has the ability in the locker room to go, boys, that first 40 was not the way we need to play but we're the better team and we can put our foot down in the third. And like, that is just flat out what they did. And I know there was another disallowed goal, but I mean, the Oilers outshot them 11 to two at five on five in the third period. The shot attempts were 19 to three at five on five last night. That is crazy, man. Like that was just an absolute dominating period. And I know people were replying to my tweet when I was like, man, this Oilers team just simply finds a way. And they were like, relax. It's Columbus. San Jose beat the Rangers last night. The, the Sharks have beaten us already this season. Like you can sit there and be like, it's Columbus, whatever. And like, yeah, the Oilers should have blown them out last night. I'm, I'm well aware of that, but every night it's difficult to win in the NHL. And I still give this Oilers team credit for again, on a night when they don't have their best, they find a way to have enough. Oh, it's just the Columbus Blue Jackets, the team everybody expected to take a step this season and become a playoff team. You know, like it's such a lazy narrative of like, oh, they ha- they should be being these teams. Like, yeah, no kidding. But you also have to play the game itself. Like not everything's on paper and spreadsheets like some people want it to be. You have to go out and play the game and give credit to Columbus. They had a they played a very, very good game. And what did the stats say? It was something like that. The goals for or something in the first two period is is plus, but then in the in the third period is like minus thirty three or something. They're clearly yeah. just an in inexperienced team in many ways, and they lose their touch in the third period. And the others capitalized on it, but I just hate it. Like I know we're gonna get into it later, but like the Subban thing too. Of like, oh, you who look who you've beat. So yeah, but you have to beat those teams because you know we'd be the first person to criticize them if they were to lose to those teams. Literally everybody that says, oh yeah, you should be beating Columbus, like just lazy like let's just give this team some credit for actually winning 14 games in a row which by the way no other canadian team has ever done i just don't get it yeah man like very few nhl teams have ever won this many consecutive hockey games like what are we doing here um let's yeah 14-0-0 longest win streak of any canadian team in history the, they're outscoring the opposition by 31 goals over this 14 game stretch. Like again, that in itself is an insane metric. And this team just, they're just not stopping and their climb up the standings is just going to keep on rolling. Like they're seven points back of Vegas with five full games in hand on them as well. So I, I don't know when this thing is going to end, but what I've been seeing is an Oilers team who has not had their best for multiple nights here and is still finding ways to just get the job done. So like if they survive this week and then can get a rest in and then come back playing their best, who knows? Who knows what this team's capable of doing for the rest of the season? It really is. I know it's a lame cliche line, but like sky's the limit, man. Like this yeah. team is, it should be considered within the elite of the elite in the NHL. Um, and, I mean, Evan Bouchard in our chat said, once I start scoring, it's over for the rest of the league. <laughs> I would say once they start, once the power play starts really humming along, then it's over for the rest of the league. I mean, they may got I, one uh, last night that got waved off, but still. So may I throw a stat your way, Tyler? A mm-hmm. statistic. The last time the Oilers lost to a Western Conference opponent was November 9th when they lost to the San Jose Sharks 3-2 to on the road. 
that yeah. crazy? Chris Knobloch hasn't lost to a Western Conference or Pacific Division opponent yet. That is nuts. That is nuts. It's unfortunate, like, three of those losses that have, did come against the West were all against Vancouver earlier in the season, but we can't look too far back in the past. But you want to talk about uh, the record man, Stuart Skinner? Well, let's get into it. It's our uh, Alberta Blue Cross moment of the game, Liam, for Alberta Blue Cross and their travel insurance. You can find out more by visiting them online at ab.bluecross.ca slash travel. Protect your memories and more wherever your travel takes you. Uh, Liam, Stuart Skinner is our moment of the game. Just him existing as a moment is our moment of the game because he's the reason that game was close heading into the third period. He's the reason they had a chance to storm ahead in the final 20 and win. And when you look at his numbers, it's, they just continue to look even more staggering. Here's a great save on Johnny oh, Goudreau. No. Also, Vinny DeHarnay almost caught him on that breakaway. <laughs> but like that, that glove save and the pose, that right there perfectly encapsulates the zone and the swagger that Stuart Skinner's in right now. Yeah, he's, uh, he's going nuts, but I think Lance has a good one here. Let's get into the Booster Juice YouTube chat. Skinner is good. Back to you, Tyler. Is, yeah, uh, shout out to the Booster Juice YouTube chat. He's just so dialed in and he's so you can rely on him in any situation. Like earlier in the year, they're coming down and you're thinking like, uh, they might score. But now it's like, no, I trust Skinner every single time. And I trust Pickett too in that same breath of being able to make the save at the big moment. And that save against Gaudreau yesterday was, was a massive one. And there was a one in the first period too, where he was literally like jumping from post to post and whatever it was taking to make saves. And he's, we might never see Stuart Skinner play this well again, you know, which isn't a discredit to to what he, the ceiling would be for this guy, but like just the way he's playing is incredible. And he's the best player on the Oilers right now. I'll say, I think that is a fair statement to make. Like he is numerous times. He has been the reason they have won games. You look at the Chicago game where they narrowly won two to one. The Toronto game, he made numerous big saves in that one too. I think back to the William Nylander breakaway. Um, uh, Seattle the other night too, where I know he allowed two breakaways, but the third one he stopped and then he didn't allow another one the rest of the game that was allowed. Anyway, so he's been fantastic. The Ottawa game too, where it was a duel against uh, Anton Forsberg. There's just been so many times where this guy has bailed out the Oilers while not to criticize them by any means because everyone's playing great, but like, the power play has been dry and Connor McDavid and Drysaddle haven't produced in that way, right? Which is typically how this team gets across the line. So he's the best player on the others right now. And I, I don't think it's much of an argument, to be honest. The 21st time this season that Stuart Skinner has started a game and finished with a save percentage above <laughs> 900. Only two goalies we did this yesterday have more. It's Hellebuck at 23 and Demko at 22. They've each also started two more games than Stuart Skinner. So if Skinner in his next two starts were to go have a 900 or better, he'd be tied for first in the NHL in games with above 900 save percentage. And what do we always say, Liam? If if the goalie's 900, the Oilers have a chance to win. And that's exactly yeah. what we're seeing here. Just get 900 or better and you will win. Granted, Skinner's been like 930 some, so that certainly helps. But um, this run just keeps going. And yeah, I think calling Stuart Skinner the MVP of the month of January is it's accurate because Connor McDavid isn't producing at an super. Uh, he's producing at an elite rate, but he's not mm-hmm. producing at his super elite rate that we're kind of used to. Leon Draisaitl is not scoring at a fifty goal rate over this. It's Stuart Skinner stopping ninety three or ninety four percent of the pucks he faces, and it's Ryan McLeod and Warren Fogle finding ways to continue yeah. to chip in offensively. And that's another big moment last night. I know Mulek pointed it out, but. 
Fogle scored on the power play. Second power play unit got the job done, Liam. Mm-hmm. Yep. God damn it. I mean, it was. Uh, your, your camera was good. Your camera was good, pal. Was it? Maybe my lighting's not the best. One second, Tyler. Just improvise for me. One second. All right. While well, Liam wipes, uh, while wipes his camera off. <laughs> there we, go. we can take a look at Ryan McLeod and Warren Fogle and the run that they've been on. Fogle over a point per game in his last 14. Ryan McLeod, 12.7 goals in his last 14 games, scoring at a 40-goal pace over this stretch. It is quite remarkable with these two are doing and the way they're humming it's starting to again make me think maybe you can throw them on the third line together and they can keep this going go out and get another top six piece and just make this offense impossible to stop i think you're right but i actually don't know what the answer is like i really don't because i trust fogel so much right now to just stay on that second line and produce for as long as he needs to and i've totally trust Ryan McLeod now to be a driver of the third line and be a reliable player two ways. So it makes me wonder, like, where do they need to upgrade? I think we'll get a better image of where those pieces need to come in when Corey Perry has maybe five, six games under his belt and we get a little Mm -hmm. bit closer to the deadline. So maybe like midway through February. But right now, like, the only change I would make, and it's because it happened last night, would be, would you elevate Dylan Holloway now to the third line, you think? and push down Yamok. And then your third line is Holloway, McLeod, and Perry, I would assume, or maybe even just Derek Ryan temporarily until Perry gets his feet moving a little bit. Um, Man, honestly, I I thought Ryan McLeod looked, or sorry, Dylan Holloway looked good in that spot last game, and he played 9-16. There were three forwards, Gagne, Brown, and Derek Ryan, who played less than him at five-on-five. Five. So he got good opportunity, like, and he scored, obviously, that's a big one. But mm. I I just maybe wonder if it's not best to keep Dylan Holloway exactly where he is. I, I would like to see a hair of an uptick in minutes. But like he, his most common line mates at forward yesterday, Liam, were Connor Brown, who he spent 624 with, and then Ryan McLeod, who he spent 348 with. So yeah, maybe that move up, giving him some more minutes with McLeod w- will work out. Maybe he is a left winger. Yeah, I don't know. I think... I think we'll see him they obviously want him to be a sentiment they want to try and see if he can play that role he did well against Calgary yesterday I thought he had a good game too but his best performance came when he moved up to the left wing so maybe that's just where he's more comfortable right now I guess but I always wonder how long they'll keep experimenting with this because last night I mean I said it on After Dark and I'm not trying to start a narrative here but like the only reason we're not talking about Matthias Janmark is because he has one goal on the season and Connor Brown has zero. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's been lighting the lamp very often, is it? And Sam Gagne wasn't great last night. So I just wonder how long they're going to kind of run those two out there every single night before they decide that they're going to make an upgrade on their left wing spot on the third line, which Texier looked okay there yesterday when he was playing for Columbus. So I wonder if that's an option, but it's interesting. It's interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, and Mark's only scored once this year. Yeah, and it was the goal against Vegas where it basically just hit him and then it hit the goalie. Do you remember that one? Yeah, like it bounced in off him. His only one goal is lucky. And I mean, maybe I don't have the stats to back this up, but purely off just watching every game this team's played this year, how many good scoring chances can you remember Yanmark having and how many good scoring chances can you remember Connor Brown having? Yeah, I I agree. And I was thinking about this because you mentioned it yesterday. I think you said it on O&R. Yamark makes a million bucks. Mm-hmm. If you go to Columbus 
and you say, does Texier play the penalty kill? I should have looked this up. I'll, I'll get you. You keep running through your idea and I'll and I'll figure it out. So you go to Columbus and you say, hey, we have Matias Yamak. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Can you bring down Texier to a million and we'll just switch? We'll give you a fourth round pick or something like that too, just to kind of make things work there a little bit. Like, I just wonder if that would be a better option for the team to have someone like him. But the only problem is, is Yamak is a reliable penalty killer for this team. He plays a role and I'm not trying to take that away from him by any means. The penalty kills at 93% over this 14 game win streak. But I just wonder at what point does that become a little irrelevant when you're not doing much else? I know Yam, I know Brown doesn't have a goal, but last night Brown had a great chance again. Yep. Um, someone said Brown got robbed on the Holloway goal. Yeah. That Holloway goal happens because of that effort by Connor Brown, the two on one. Evander Kane just didn't make a good pass to him, honestly. He didn't get robbed. He shot it right into the goalie. Ah. No, he he, he kind of did. Like, you can see it better from this angle. He has the whole side of the net open for him. And he shoots it right into the goalie. <laughs> right? Am I wrong there a little bit? Maybe I'm or being did it kind of get wrong. broken up a bit? Eh, this will be a good angle. It looks like it no. goes, he shoots it right at him. Uh, did he get rubbed? Uh, maybe yeah, he did. He did. Maybe. He did. Okay. okay, wait. Liam, Maybe I have an answer to your question. Okay. Matthias Janmark has played 64 minutes this year on the penalty kill. Alexander Tessier has played 84. He's penalty killed more than Janmark this year. Liam, we may have just started something. So what's it got to take? If you have Janmark at 1 million bucks and you go to Columbus and say, we want Alexander Tessier at 50% retained. So him down to 750K. So you can save that money and upgrade. Do you give up? What are you giving up here? I give up no more than a third. Oh, you're not getting that then. No. If are you talking like what picks would I give up? Yeah. Like what's the package? Let's put together a package. It's Yanmark and what? I had to give him a third. So next year's third because you don't have one this year. Yeah, whatever third they want, maybe a conditional second or something. What like if that. what if Columbus was like, no, nah, we need warm bodies. We want Tyler Tulio, Tulio and Yanmark for Tashier. Uh, yeah, smell you later, Tyler Tulio. Sorry, but like, what is Tyler Tulio going to be in the NHL? It's not yeah. like Texier is like a thirty-six-year-old guy. He's twenty-four and he's a restricted free agent. You can put him into your lineup immediately, and you could re-sign him if you really wanted to, right? Like yeah. I would say, yes. I would give up I mean, pretty much any B minus prospect the others have. So anything lower than Tulio would probably be the peak of that group. So you Savoy's all those kind of guys. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, if you're Columbus, you could probably take Yanmark, keep fifty percent, and get a fourth or fifth round pick for him too. Like I don't think Yanmark has zero value around the league, but once he's retained, I, I think he'd have some trade value. So. Um, yeah, I mean, Tessier, man, he can kill. He can score a little bit. That That's a guy you got to be looking at. And if Columbus will keep 50% and take Yanmark off your hands and all it takes is like a third rounder, sign me up for that because the Oilers' third rounder is also a late third rounder. It's basically a fourth rounder, if we're being honest. Like, come on, let's do it. And if they really want to like, want to look at it like that and they're like, oh, we want a third round. We actually want your second round pick. And it's like, okay, then this is probably just a third round pick him realistically right in the same breath so whatever like i would i would give up a couple of pieces for for tessier to come good friend yeah, or, 
or if they say, hey, we want your second rounder, you tell Columbus, okay, then you're going to go find some team to keep the another chunk of his contract and you can sacrifice your own fifth. And yeah, we'll give you a second, but guess what? We want Alex Tessier retained all the way down to 350 grand and you're taking Yanmark. And all of a sudden, Liam, you've saved yourself $750,000 as I adjust the way I sit. Um, you've saved yourself $750,000 and you've upgraded your roster. Like... On top, so what did you say? If you could get down to 300K or something like that, right? Yeah, because if Columbus were to retain from 1.5 to 750 and then go find another broker out there to take you from 750 to 375 and you lose Yanmark's one mil, like that might be worth a significant asset to shave off that amount of cap space ahead of the deadline and get an upgrade. So hypothetically, if that was the case, then the Oilers actually wouldn't have to send anybody down. They would have the amount of money they needed so you could have an extra extra body up there for practice or, or whatever you want to do. You're a thinker, Tyler. That's why you host this show and I come up with everything else. But Yeah. Uh, <laughs> someone said, why not Peak? I don't like the years on Andrew Peak, and I think he's a seventh yeah. defenseman for the Oilers, so I, I'm not all that interested. He's not a guy... Like, he's not a CC upgrade, and he's not a Kulak upgrade because he's a, not the right hand. So, like, I think he's good. Don't get me wrong, but, like, I don't want him playing with Darnell Nurse for 24 minutes a night in the playoffs. Let me throw a hypothetical out to the uh, to the chat today. Let me know what you think, chat. So would you rather the Oilers upgraded at forward, but it meant that you then had to put Broberg into your six defenseman, so you would sacrifice a defenseman, whoever it may be, or they upgrade on their... Yeah, so you upgrade on... Oh, what was I trying to say? Yeah, so you insert Broberg into the bottom six by trading. I lost my thought. Never mind. All right. Uh, okay, so I'm going to move on to something else that's popping up in the Booster Juice YouTube chat. The idea of Marc-Andre Fleury, and I will explain why I am against this. Marc-Andre Fleury is going to cost you some really solid assets at the deadline, okay? This isn't like a fifth-round pick for Marc-Andre Fleury. I know someone said, would you trade Broberg for Fleury? Okay, First off, even if Mini keeps half of him, he's 1.75 million. So you could maybe pay for a broker and get him down a little bit more than that. But if Mini keeps half, he's 1.7. You move Pickard off, you need to find that million bucks somewhere. So that is difficult to do, first off, right? This is a guy who's going to eat up a decent amount of what little cap space you may be able to generate. Also, why do you want to spend an asset? A A prime asset is what it will likely take. And the cap space. Why do you want to spend that on Marc-Andre Fleury, who, if everything goes according to plan, will spend every game in the playoffs sitting on your bench? Like, what, What's the point in spending on that? The, this team will go as far as Stuart Skinner will carry them. I am way more interested in making the group in front of him as good as possible than I am going out and acquiring an aging goalie. And like, okay, Mueller, I, he'd be a great mentor to Stuart Skinner. Look, Stuart Skinner doesn't need a mentor. Like, come on, guys. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd I be down my to-do list, I guess is a good way to put it. I think the others have other places they need to go and address before they go and get a guy like Andre, Mike Andre Fleury. They probably do need to get a backup goalie, but it, it's probably fourth on my list, maybe third. I don't know. I'm not really thinking about it right now. I don't even know I mean- what the options would be do it for the vibes. I mean, hell yeah, sure. Yeah, you guys know I love doing it for the vibes and Skinner will need rest at some time, but 
I mean, do we really want to acquire a, an expensive backup goalie with an 897 save percentage who's old? Like, I, I don't know if that's the play. Like, who is a viable backup? Calvin Pickard. Yeah. Yeah, truly. I, I, Calvin Pickard has better numbers than, than Marc-Andre Fleury this season. Yeah, he does. I think Pickard's been fine. And that's why your panic level doesn't have to to go up because lost one game this year and it was against Florida. And one of the goals he allowed was two on one when Philip Broberg stepped on a stick and the others were brutal that game too. So I, I think the important part for Holland is to upgrade in front of whoever your goaltender is, which will then make your life easier as a goaltender. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, you need depth to go on a run in the playoffs. Look at Vegas. Okay. But my counterpoint to that would be, Look at Florida. They just played Bobrovsky all the time. And they had Alex Lyons start their first playoff game. Like, goalie is weird, man. And, like, again, you could look at Vegas. I don't want Pickard starting in the playoffs. Ask a Golden Knights fan at the start of last year's playoffs. If you would have been like, hey, you cool if Aiden Hill starts a game for you guys? They would have been like, hell no, that sucks. Like, I don't Not know. even Hill, though. Like, are you cool if Lauren Brassois starts a game for you guys? Like, at the start of that season, like, Logan Thomas or Thompson, whatever his name is, was their star. Like, Goaltending is an absolute myth, and I do not understand it at all. But sometimes guys just get hot, and they make a ton of saves, and it doesn't matter. Also, sometimes if you have a backup goalie in, the team in front of you might play a little bit better to make life easier. Yeah, I think that's a part of it, too. The Oilers have Rod Rieg down in their system. Someone said didn't Bobrovsky didn't play 80 games. Bobrovsky played 50 last year. And the only reason he played 50 is because he sucked so much during the season at different stretches that they couldn't trust him to start hockey games. Like, yeah, Lyon was the starter and Florida was lucky to have Bob. And Lyon started the year in the American League. Alex Lyon is just Calvin Pickard. And he somehow find a way, found a way to come up play hot for them down the stretch for two weeks. Then he got starts in the playoffs, then stunk. So they had to go to Bob and then Bob got hot. Like goaltending. Yes, you need depth. I fully understand that. If you want depth, go get some dude to be your third string. Go get Reimer and give up a fourth round pick for him and convince Detroit to keep 50% or something. But like, or go get Nadelkovic from Pittsburgh and keep him as your third goalie. Like, I just, I don't want to go spend a second round pick to go get Minnesota to keep 50% and then try to work the cap and use what little cap space you have on the backup goalie position. They have bigger needs. I'm not saying I don't like flurry. I'm not saying I don't want them to go get a goalie period stop. I'm just saying there are better ways for them to spend their assets and money. Do the Oilers call me crazy? Do the Oilers not have goaltending depth already in like a weird way in the sense of like, Everyone, like everyone in the chat right now, is saying like you can't have pick and play anything in the in the playoffs. You yeah. all would have said the exact same thing when Jack Campbell came into games last season and played two games and was outstanding and arguably saved the other's playoff run. But however long it went, when they played the LA Kings that night, like yeah, Campbell's proven in a weird way that you can put him in those situations and he'll be fine. Like Olivier Rodrigue, while untested and would be my fourth option in this situation, he's having a great year in Bakersfield. Like. Sometimes you just got to throw guys in a deep end and see if they swim. And I think the others have four pretty, I'm not going to say good goalies, but four goalies you can look to in a moment and be like, okay, like this isn't so bad, I suppose. Yeah. And I think that's fair too. Like, again, you might have to just like take a stab on a guy like Vegas did starting Aaron Aiden Hill in a playoff game, man. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm looking last year in the playoffs. 
28 different goalies had to make appearances for the 16 playoff teams. Like that is again, not an insignificant number. Carolina had to run three. Like I know that you need multiple goalies to get you through a playoff run. But if you pull Skinner in a game and you need Pickard to come in in relief, I, I don't think that's the end of the world. And you could sit there and say, well, you need depth there. Okay. Well then let's play the depth game with every other position. What happens if Kulak and Broberg go down? Guess what? Ben Gleason or Phil Kemp, or do you want Ben Gleason or Phil Kemp playing in a playoff game for you? No, and I get it's different because you can bury a defenseman and whatever and don't have to give them serious minutes and a goalie is such a peak position. I totally understand that, but you can play the what-if game with a lot of stuff and I would just like to see the Oilers upgrade everything else and like if if Skinner gets hurt, you're probably hooped no matter who needs to come in. And could Flurry go on a magical run? Sure, but I don't know. People are saying I'm reaching. But I, you're but right. again, like, like we're literally talking about like the worst case scenario. Like we are talking about if the Stuart Skinner goes down in the playoffs, if Pickard goes down in the playoffs, it's like, what are we gonna do? So yeah, what are we gonna do if McDavid and Drysaddle get hurt? Like you said, like the defenseman, what if they get hurt? Like you're screwed and you have to figure it out in the moment. That's just the way it's gonna be. Hopefully we don't get to that point, but I am with you. I don't think they should acquire uh, whatever his name is, Fleury. Okay, I'm I'm going to give Troy the last word on this because I think it kind of walks the line. At the end of the day, playoff goaltending comes down to luck and who gets hot. It's very random, and I I think I'm with you on that. So I think it's just luck and random. And I'm fine with them taking a, a roll of the dice with who they have now. Like, again, like you said, Liam, Jack Campbell came in in his relief appearances last year and was excellent after being dog water for 90% of the regular season. So who knows, man? Like, who knows? People are saying Campbell's been up to a 920 for the last few games. Do you consider sure. bringing him back up? No, because I'd be no. like Spencer Martin got claimed. I'd be a little worried about losing Pickard to waivers at this point. <laughs> yeah, what a... What a funny turnaround that we're worried now about Calvin Pickard getting claimed. But it's so true. That's how well he's played. He's lost one game this season. He has like a 9 or 3 save percentage. Playoff season won't affect the cap works of moving Pickard and Campbell if Stu and Pick struggle. I love that. Love there that from Curtum. Don't need to be cap compliant in the postseason. Remember what happened in 06 when Rolson got hurt? No, I don't remember. Again, though, right? Like, d- here's another example. Dwayne Rolson was not good for the Edmonton Oilers until the playoffs started. He didn't get hot until like right at the end of the regular season. What were people saying down the stretch? Why did you spend a first round pick on this guy? He's not a solution. We're going to have to start marking and or Conklin in the playoffs. And then randomly, Dwayne Rolson has the run of his life. Never really been that good. I guess he had that run with Tampa, too. That was solid. But like he has the run of his life out of nowhere and carries the Oilers to, to the Stanley Cup final. Like, it's random. It makes no sense. Stuart Skinner was excellent last year and then turned into a pumpkin in the playoffs. It makes no sense. So, I don't know. Liam, Mainlander Tim says you'd look brilliant as Kenny Powers light with a mullet and bear claws. Come on now. Come on now. That's what it takes. <laughs> if that's what it takes, yeah, whatever. Okay, let's keep moving along. Uh, Sherwood Ford giant question of the day brought to you by SherwoodFord.ca and their mobile service department. It comes to you for things you need. I've had the truck at the office. Boom, oil change. Boom, they're gone. I'm at work the whole time. I don't even know what happens. Uh, your giant question today, who are you starting in net tomorrow? Because I see Cole Blight just asked, do we run Skinner the rest of the week? Philip says Skinner is gassed. 
I think I give Skinner the day off tomorrow against Chicago just because Chicago's playing the second of back-to-backs and they don't look good and they cannot score. So I think I go Pickard tomorrow. Are you going to try to convince me otherwise? No, but I just don't like how is Skinner gassed? Like last night he was outstanding. He's playing the best hockey of his life. And like, they don't need to run this guy in the ground by any means, but like you either don't start him to yesterday, sorry, against Columbus, or you don't start him tomorrow. Like, I feel like that was just the plan the whole time. Like the other seem to have a pretty good rotation of when Skinner's playing. It's just, it's just weird to, th- I don't know. I just don't know what they want him to do. Like they're not playing Calvin Pickett in back-to-back games. They're just never going to do that because he is not the starter on this team. Stuart Skinner is a starter. We went through the exercise the other day and 57 games is probably the max you want to push him to. And Skinner should be fine with that. If he's he's a goalie at the end of the day, that's what he's probably done his entire career in junior hockey, minor hockey, whatever. But to answer the question, I'm going Calvin Pickett tomorrow against the Chicago Blackhawks. Kurt says Skinner has the record. Now we can rest him. I think the record, it's winning streak by an Oilers goalie. Um, so yeah, and Philip to his credit, he did uh, say he meant in the playoffs last year, Skinner was gassed, but also, okay. But that was the first time Skinner's ever had to do that. Right. So I would follow that up and say, isn't it reasonable to expect Stuart Skinner is going to be more equipped to handle that workload in his second time around. Right. Yeah, definitely. He's literally addressed it of like how he's changed the way he's like, he's, uh, helping his body adapt to all this stuff and his routines and all that of, of how he's getting ready for games. Like, you can only prepare for something once you do it the first time, right? Like, it's just, I don't know. I just don't understand the narrative around it of like, we can't play Skinner too much. He's a starting goalie for this team. I think he's fine. Mulek said he's sleeping more, LOL. Hey, we just got to make sure he doesn't end up having twins, you know? Like, yeah. that's what derailed Tal. I hated that narrative so much, but hey, that's a derailed Talbot, right? Um, also, Liam, I'm really happy we're going to start creating the narrative that Yanmark only has one goal. Like, you can have that one. Put it in drafts for when Connor Brown scores and say Connor Brown now tied with Matias Yanmark and goals. That'll bang. I promise you that'll bang. I I don't want to be that guy. I'm the fun guy, Tyler. I come up with games and and little banana jokes. I don't oh, want shit. to pick. Do we have guys. your game today? Yeah, we do. I didn't realize it was twelve forty seven. To be honest, okay, we got to get to this thing. We we got way too into the weeds on all of this stuff, and we kind of got. I need like I got meetings and stuff, Liam. We got to giddy up. So let's get into Liam's game for our friends at NationGear.ca. That's where you can get in on the Nation Vacation. That's where you can get in on some great Oilers Nation swag. We also sell daily face-off merch now. If any of you, for some reason, want to rock daily face-off on a day-to-day basis. But the new lines of Nation Gear are excellent. Our boy Eric and everyone over there does a tremendous job. Liam's game. If you don't know how it works, here is how it works. We have mystery players. Liam gives the clues. The first player is an easy one. If you're the first person to answer it in the chat, you get put into the prize wheel. The next one is a more difficult one. If you're one of the first three people to answer that one, you go into the prize wheel. These are all players who played for the Oilers from the year 2000 onwards. Mm-hmm. With that, Liam, take it away. All right. So the first one, I've almost played 500 games in my NHL career. I am a current player playing on my fourth NHL team. I was picked in the sixth round. I've scored 20 goals twice in my career. I know who it is. You know, it is. This is the easy one, folks. This one should just jump off the page of you. I, I put it in our private chat. Am I right? Yes. <laughs> All right. Giddy up. Uh, Rusty is actually the first one in. So put Rusty in, uh, put Rusty in the draw, Liam. 
Was it Rusty? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So so be it. Rusty the Reckless Optimist. I thought that one would be an easy one. But I just Good wanted job, to Rusty. Uh, wheel of where's my wheel? Uh, Liam, that was too easy. I'm just going to come on and say that right now. It's too easy. Well, I'm running out of easy. I'm running out of names here, Tyler. The Oilers have had so many players play for them. Just start rolling through the 06 Cup team. No, I don't want to make it that easy. Sometimes you just, I caught you guys off guard the other day with Cody CC. I thought I could do it yeah. again with Connor Brown. Yeah, Tyler Mulek said Johan OV2. OV2. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Okay, let's get to the difficult one. Okay, this one is, uh, you won't get this one. I think I said, I had two stints with the Oilers. I've played over 300 games for eight different teams. My first NHL season was 1999, 1998-99. I'm from Alberta. I have played more AHL games than NHL games. Two stints with the Oilers. I don't think anyone's going to get this one, if I have to be perfectly honest. I am doing my research, Liam. I've had a couple of ideas. So like Brodziak was one that jumped into my brain like immediately, but he obviously didn't start his career that early on. Um, was a ooh. forward, but it's not Kyle Brodziak. No. Not Kajula. Not Ryan Smith. It, played more so I, had, I played over 300 games for eight different teams. Edmonton Philly. It's a big one. Oh man, he, Mike Comrie only played for seven teams. So and also be... consider the fact he played for more um, AHL games than NHL games. Yeah, more AHL than NHL. Oh man! But uh, to give you to give you a little clue, I think his NHL games were like three forty, and his American League games were like three fifty or something like that. So a guy that was kind of bouncing up and down. Yeah, has anyone gotten it in the chat yet? Yes. Really? Someone got it in the chat. Someone got it. Not Kylie Yamamoto, Gregory. He's not, not from Gregory. Alberta. We already did that one. Not uh, Gone Ray, from Alberta. Ray Whitney played for way too many teams, I think. Or he played way too many he games. He played I should a thousand say. games. Yeah, like he was in the league for a long time. You have the name written down of the guy who got it? Yes, I got him. Oh, I got all three. Got all three. Yeah. Is it? Should I, give, should I give you a little longer? Oh, I think I know who it is. All right. You can say it. The people have said it. I know, now. but I, I, and I feel like I cheat because I can see the chat ones coming in. It's Josh Green. It is Josh Green, the Camaro's wow. kid. <laughs> that is a good pull, Liam. That is a frustrating one to say the least. Uh, Josh Green is your answer. Wow. Uh, oh. So who are your, who are your finalists? <laughs> well, I just put Connor Brown for the first one, but it was Rusty, right? Yeah, it was Rusty. <laughs> okay, so we got Rusty, Aiden O'Neill, Philip Shaw, and Tyler Mulek. Philip has All been right. in this one a few times, so I hope he, I'm going to be biased. I hope he wins because I don't think he's won yet. Who, who was it? Philip? I haven't drawn oh, it yeah. yet. We're going to do yeah, it. Okay, we, I'm going to put my mic and we down. Mis and we misunderstood Philip's, uh, Philip's comments. Yeah, I feel so like I, the karma should be on his yeah. side a little bit here. For $25 to Nation Gear, Liam, spin that wheel. Wheel. Oh, I pressed the one second. Come on. Wheel has been spanned, people. All right. Shout out to everyone oh. watching in podcast form. Oh, oh no. Wasn't you, Philip. Who is it? it I can't read. Aiden O'Neill. 
Aiden O'Neill, you were the winner of our $25 to nationgear.ca. Fire me an email, Tyler at the nation and say, Hey, Tyler, I'm the winner. I made an O'Neill. I think Aiden's won before. We should probably ban him. Yeah, I think he has won before too. Aiden, He's gonna have for a sweater soon. <laughs> Aiden, it's like a NHL draft lottery thing. You've won twice in like a month. You're done now. You can't win again. Um, you can only come in second place. So congrats to Aiden. He's got 25 bucks donation gear for Liam's mystery player game. Philip, man, one of these days, buddy. One of these days, you'll uh, you'll get it going. Um, all right. Oh wait, 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 wait. Aiden O'Neill. He spelt the name wrong, but he said, "I donate mine to Philip." Oh, wow. That, you know what? That's really nice. That is really nice of you to do, Aiden. Uh, all right. So then I guess Philip can email me at Tyler at OilersNation.com to uh, claim his $25 prize. Aiden, you are the hot performer. What a good man. What a good man. Um, yeah, good one, Mainlander Tim. Uh, all right. Let's wrap it up with our menu for tonight. It's brought to you by our friends at DoorDash, 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more. All you need to do is enter that promo code up at the top of your screen, Nation25. Maybe you want to hit up the Double Dash feature and get two restaurants delivered to your door at once. What a world. What a world. Um, Shout out to DoorDash. Your menu today, honestly, Liam, I mean, you're going to have a new article coming up. I am as well at some point on the website, but uh, Jesus. Jesus, Philip. (laughs) Uh, I can't tell if that was a joke or not. I'm sorry. That really threw me off. Um, <laughs> uh, tomorrow is a Sherwood Ford giant game day edition of the show, though. So we're going to have all the usual stuff. Jay's going to be by as the Oilers will be going for a 15th consecutive win. And all they need to do is beat the Bedardless Blackhawks. Come on now. Um, <laughs> yeah, Philip, uh, he, he, he knows the joke. Okay. Uh, Liam, um, we covered a lot of ground today on the show. We did. Of course we did. We always do. I um I would like to read some reviews. We have reviews for think? this show? We have a few. We only okay. have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven written reviews. I believe we have 35 people have rated us, but we only have seven reviews. One one star review, which isn't good, but most of them are five stars. But I'll read Ooh, the most okay. recent one. Capture. Go on. No, what we gonna I was going to say, should we flash them up on the screen? But we can do that another time. Just read them for now. Yeah, I'll do that a different time. So this one is from McMullet. Five-star review. Only this was on, in September. You guys rock. This podcast helps me get through the workday and always keeps a smile on my face. You know your stuff and keep things interesting. Listen all the time, even when Tyler is wrong. LOL. We're all wrong sometimes, Tyler. It's all good, buddy. Keep up the hard work. And like you, I can't wait for the start of the season. Let's go Oilers. Thanks again for hosting a great golf tournament. See you boys at the game. That one's a bit old. Yeah, clearly. (laughs) Hey, can we please read the one star review? I'm so excited for this. Uh, (laughs) It says, not great. One star. Tyler comes off as a serious know-it-all, which I find odd for a guy who is always getting the fine details wrong. (laughs) There you have it. There's also one bad one about me, if you'd like me to read that one. But there was two stars, not one star. I'll never beat the know-it-all allegations. (laughs) Never. You never will. Two stars from Kabob22. This is from June. It says, pie in the sky is the tile. 
I can't tell if this show is a parody of reality. If it is a real, if it is for real, it's a beyond bizarre. Where they value players is on another planet. Hopefully, the Crusaders don't have much pinned on their scouting director. There you have it. You can leave a Nude review Lover right says, now. Nude Lover says Liam got one more star than Tyler. Does that mean he gets to host now? Uh, yeah, them's the rules, man. Until mm-hmm. yeah, we need to reshake the balance of things. Uh, yeah, I am shook. I can't handle. There's one more. There's one more good one. If you would like me to read it. Okay, give us one more good one. Let's end on a high so this note. This is actually this is from December tenth of twenty twenty three from Maddie Dano. Says the dynamic duo and then trio in brackets. The team of Tyler and Liam might be the new dynamic duo. Plus Boardsy coming in hot like Nuggy. Look forward to one oh one PM when it's released as a podcast. Doesn't always make sense, but I think it makes it a lot a whole lot funnier. There you go. 4.3 out of 5 we are rated on Apple Podcasts. So let's get, let's if you want to leave a review, good or bad, I'll read it. Just don't be rude. I think is always my kind of input on the things. I I kind of like the negative reviews. They make me laugh. But just, if you're going to make them negative, put five stars. We need more people to listen. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, also, I mean, whatever. Sometimes a one-star review is just a fun one to read. I like it. I like mm. it. If you've got haters, that's how you know you've made it, Liam. All right. Okay, we're going to wrap up today's edition of the show. Big shout out to our friends at Sherwood for the Giant. It's a game day edition of the show tomorrow, as always, live from the Sports Closet Studio. Big shout out to Frank Saravalli for swinging by. Everybody have a good Wednesday, and we will chat with you again tomorrow at 12.01 Mountain. Thank you for watching Oilers Nation every day. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit OilersNation.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.